0: Team member Helen Hayes in Sydney visited the Egyptian exhibition featuring the pharaoh Ramesses II. Helen spoke with Fran Dory. I am delighted to welcome this special guest to Travel Writers Radio, Fran Dory, Head of Exhibitions at the Australian Museum. We are going back in time a few thousand years to talk about Ramses II and the incredible new exhibition that opened in November with major partner Adventure World. Ramses and the gold of the pharaohs features 182 antiquities spreading across around 3,000 years direct from the pyramids and museums of Egypt. Firstly Fran how did you fall in love with the ancient worlds and what led you to become a curator?
1: Well I um, my mum was a history teacher um, my sister's a history teacher so I was brought up um, loving history anyway I grew up at this time I couldn't stand the sight of blood so I ended up um, eventually, um, doing ancient history and archaeology and a bit of palaeontology at uni because that was my passion. And um, yeah, I just I've always loved things that are old and dead, and I find <laughs> the past very interesting. And yeah, my friends always um, are always a bit worried about me. Um, but I think that there's just something fascinating with um, you know what, how people lived in the past, what they did, how it was similar or different um, from what we did. Um, and yeah, and then eventually you know, what do you do with a job like that? There's, you know, there's, there's different things you can do, but I also love museums and I love the way museums um, present um, interesting stories to the public. And I started volunteering here while I was at uni um, and fell in love with the exhibitions and exhibition process and eventually found my way into curating exhibitions and eventually did this job. So it's, I think it's kind of been the, the end of a, of a long journey
0: that I was kind of, you know, gonna, get, gonna be on anyway. Ramses II was quite the man, wasn't he? He lived to the ripe old age of 92, he fathered 101 children, was a warrior, and he's credited with broking the world's first peace deal with the Hittites. What is your take on him?
1: Oh, look, there, there, there's so many fascinating things with him and I think, you know, I've been to Egypt a number of times and, you know, the first time I, when I was quite young and you're be going, oh, you know what, but you see Ramses everywhere. Um, from north to south he's got statues he's got temples um he he took over you know statues and remains of of that were put there by his predecessors um he was just a a wonderful pr person so when you go to egypt you see him everywhere and then you discover actually he, he wasn't just about pr he he actually did all this stuff you know he did he lived for a very very long time which was you know, incredibly rare um, in that period of time where you just didn't have things like modern medicine. He's sitting there going, the, the things he put his body through and still managed to get to 90 um, in, in that period is amazing. But he did do it all. I mean, when he was born, he was never born you know, as a, as a crown prince or anything like that. His grandfather wasn't um, in power at the time. So he, he wasn't born into a, a pharaoh's family, um, but he was brought up in a military background. He, he did some amazing things with that. But but he did it all, and he, you know, I said he um, he he was a very good politician. He had uh, numerous wives and concubines. We have no idea exactly how many or how many children, but at least a hundred. Um, and they have discovered the tomb of at least fifty of his of his sons. So, yeah, he kind of he kind of did it all, and um, at a, at a time when you know th- this is a hard thing to do. So yeah, he's, he's a pretty amazing historical character.
0: Now my mind is boggling a little at how this exhibition has come together Fran. How did it come about and how were the pieces selected?
1: Well it, it's kind of, it was originally we were supposed to get a Tutankhamun exhibition uh, and that was um, from the Grand Egyptian Museum and it was touring. It, it was supposed to be coming to us but it got stuck during COVID and it went back into um, Egypt and, and back into the museums and, and that one was um, unfortunately gone for us. but they decided that um, in order to placate those institutions that, that were supposed to get taught, that they would put together another exhibition. So Zahi Huas, who curated the Tutankhamun one, also curated this one um, with the work of um, other Egyptologists. But. They put together a collection predominantly from the Egyptian Museum which will become the Great Egyptian Museum but also from other um, museums in Egypt. So it's curated by you know world-renowned Egyptologists, by the Egyptians them, um, themselves, um, but yeah going around and it's, it's obviously um, approved by the Egyptian Ministry, um, the Egyptian government and then we just got the, a, a touring agent um, that, that is helping the Egyptians to tour it so it's kind of a, a, a bit of a... A dis- bit of a disappointment that we didn't get Tutankhamun, but this is actually a better exhibition in terms of um, what you can
0: see, what you can do, and the, yeah, the, the theatrical side of this. It's, it's, it's actually a better exhibition. It's just fascinating. It must have been a bit nerve-wracking when you're bringing such priceless artefacts across the world. How do you pack them? And do they come in the hold of a plane?
1: Yeah, so these ones, yeah, so look, there's... The, the American Touring Agent actually manages that, but it is, there, there's a massive logistics and it's, it's done with the Egyptians and the Egyptian government. Um, there are Egyptian couriers that travel with it. There is armed security guards. Um, as with any um, exhibition that has priceless objects in it, the, they're very secure um, traveling crates that are also conditioned. Um, you know, they're, they're not just you know, in any kind of crate. These are high-end crates that can support these objects that make sure that they don't tilt. Um, so that's all put together and there's, a, yeah, there's a, a, a touring company that will actually manage that process. These ones did come by plane and I was part of the team that was monitoring its transport out of Europe to get here. So we're getting like yeah, every updates every five minutes basically with a picture of where they were. <laughs> and then when they landed here, I sent some of my team out to help them to get them off the plane and into um, storage here. Um, but, yeah, it is... Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of people involved, a lot of security involved, um, but it's, it's, it's done with experts at every point of
0: the journey. I journey. I can imagine. One of the most precious pieces would have to be the sarcophagus of Ramses the Great. Is it true that this is only the second time it has left Egypt?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so it was um, toured to Paris. Um, it had been to Paris before, so that's the only... This is only the second venue it's ever been to, yes.
0: And it has that transcript on the front telling a bit of the story, doesn't it?
1: Look, so it's a very interesting story. So the the coffin was not originally made for Ramses. So Ramses was buried with pomp and circumstance in his very, very large tomb in the Valley of the Kings. Um, This tomb was um, ransacked pretty much completely in antiquity. Um, It was also flooded uh, at some point in the 21st dynasty, so after, obviously after he died because he wouldn't do it beforehand. Um, (laughs) So at some point um, a lot of the the pharaohs from from the 18th and 19th and 20th dynasty and and, um, other royalty were removed from their tombs, one to prevent more ransacking. Um, But there was quite possibly a a, a different motive because these guys were all moved and they were put into a a cache of about 50 of them. A number of them had the gold taken off um, and you can see that Ramses this coffin would have had gold on originally. So um, there's obviously a state sanctioned recycling process going on in that 21st dynasty. But they were all buried um, in this cache and lost um, until 1881 when they were rediscovered. So when they found Ramsey's tomb originally, there was nothing in it um, and it was in very bad condition and, and we all thought it was lost. Um, 1881, it gets rediscovered um, and the other pharaohs such as Seti, um, Ramsey's father, were also there. But this particular coffin that his body was found in, obviously while they were removing all of the other, the pharaohs and the royalty and, and rewrapping them and cleaning them up and putting them back in, they weren't putting them back in their original coffin. So we think this coffin was actually made for an 18th dynasty pharaoh, Um, Horemheb, um and we don't actually know what happened to Ramsay's original coffin. So, Although his body was found in this one, it wasn't actually made for this one, which is, which is a lovely story in itself. It's, you know, there's, there's such a journey that his poor body has gone through to get here today. Yeah, so I mean, this was, yeah, they, um, it was a documented thing. The priests documented when they moved it and where they moved it to and then they, they moved it again. So it was all able to follow that story. Yeah, they, they left a nice message for us today.
0: Now I loved the other sarcophagus, the coffin of Senedjem. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Sorry, but the work that went into that one is absolutely incredible. What makes it stand out? Um, so Senedjem was a worker in the Valley of the
1: Kings, um, and he was an artisan. So um, it's assumed he was relatively high up, so he would have been quite a skilled artist. So normally he would have been working on um, the burial chambers of, of royalty and the pharaohs. So he's high-end artist. Um, in their spare time, they were allowed to make their own stuff. And obviously, they also want to prepare for the afterlife. So his tomb there, um, and you can visit it, I visited it in the Valley of the, just in Deir el-Medina near the Valley of the Kings. It was remarkably well-preserved. The The wall paintings look like they were just painted recently. Um, and then he has that one wonderful timber sarcophagus that, that his coffin was actually inside of. Um, but either he, he or he would have got some of his talented colleagues to do the work on it. So although it's it belongs to a, a working class person, it's it's incredibly high quality because these are the people that were good enough to work on the, the tombs and the, um, of, the, of royalty.
0: It is absolutely beautiful and, and it was a bit different. It had wheels, didn't it? Like a carrier.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, so it
0: has a base. I mean, you can
1: take the the suck-offers off the top. Uh, It had a base, and that's what it would have been drawn across the sands to get to the tomb. But it actually wasn't found. When it was found, it was actually found in pieces leaning against the wall. So his actual coffin was not placed in it for some reason, which is quite interesting, Hmm. whether or not it was possibly a lack of space because there was about 20 other buried bodies in this quite a small tomb um so it may have been that there was just not enough room um, we don't know but yeah it was actually found in, in, in taken apart and, and just propped against the wall
0: there's a lot of exquisite jewelry too what is the most significant piece Ooh,
1: well <laughs> depends what you want to, what, what is significance
0: <laughs> what's your favorite what's
1: your favorite oh look all of them um the, one of it the, so there is a room um which, which has got a, a lot of the jewelry that belonged to um princesses from the 12th dynasty and these particular pieces i mean these are some of the best examples of, of gold jewelry work um that, that have come from egypt they're in incredible um condition but they that the work is is immaculate and these were all found um in tombs of 12th dynasty princesses um hidden in the floor so while everything else was ransacked these weren't and there's, there's some exquisite pieces in there. I do think if when you go into the next room though and you see some of the jewelry that was buried with the pharaohs from the, the 21st and 22nd dynasty, um, and one of these pieces is an eight kilo gold necklace and you just sit there going, how do you even, how do you even walk around with that around your neck? <laughs> yeah. um, just amazing. But I think one of my favorite pieces is it's a gold mask that was for a general who was actually placed in the tomb with a pharaoh. Um, it's one of the most valuable pieces but it's just this this, this beautiful face, um, it's in beautiful condition but there's this slight smile to it and I always just think it looks like such a friendly chap. Um, so you're yeah, just standing in front of that one's beautiful but yeah there's, there's so many, so many beautiful gold pieces.
0: And there are animals too, animal mummies, cats, a lion cub, a crocodile. What is the significance of cats to the ancient Egyptians and Ramses the Great? Yeah, look, I mean, animals in
1: general. I mean, if you see pictures of Egyptian gods, a lot of them are associated um, with animals, and animals obviously are associated with them. Um, many gods come in animal form or are depicted in animal form. Cats, in particular, um, very popular as pets. So sometimes you would mummify your cat and take it with you. Um, but cats were also sacred to the, the cat goddess Bastet. Um, and so we're incredibly popular. That there, there've been um, tombs found with which just have cat mummies in them, um, similar to ones where there's just been crocodiles found, in crocodiles being sacred to um, the crocodile god of the Nile. So there's you got animals where. Um, Sometimes mummified so you could make an offering to a god at a temple, but you could also have animals mummified if you wanted one to take with you as a pet um, or as food even. But um, my favourite ones in the exhibition, there is a a lion cub, which is quite rare. This was only the second one that's been found. Um, But there's also some sarcophagi that contain um, mummified scarab beetles. So it's lovely. I mean, they mummified everything.
0: (laughs) They sure did. Now, there's been an incredible reaction to this exhibition, and that must make you so very happy. What are some of the things you have heard from people who have been through it?
1: Oh, look, we've, we've had people fly in from New Zealand and from interstate um, and have always wanted to go to Egypt but, but couldn't afford to. And, and this has got some of the best objects that you can find in Egyptian museums. Um, you know, people that have you know, died you know, standing in front of a, of a gold mask or um, just, just learning, learning about you know, the different things and, and appreciating what Ramses did. But I think it's, yeah, a lot of it is people that just, uh, there's a love of Egypt, um, but seeing, you know, I've been to Egyptian museums, but this particular exhibition, you also, there's an experience, that there's theatrical, there's the, the AV, there's a, a very immersive way of experiencing um, what is actually a really interesting part of Egypt's history. Uh, but also the fact this is these come from Egyptian museums, it's endorsed
0: by the Egyptian government. This is, um, you yeah, know, this is the real deal. It most certainly is. It is absolutely astonishing. Now, we must give a shout-out to the major exhibition partner, Adventure World, and someone who goes to this exhibition will be in the running to win a $20,000 voucher to design their own trip to egypt or any of adventure world's destinations so that's another reason to go now the exhibition is on until the 19th of may 2024 and you must book through that website australian.museum fran i'd really love to thank you for talking to us today on travel riders radio that's all right, my pleasure this is the travel Rider show on Jair 88FM in Melbourne.